Queen Mode Collective. Welcome to another episode of The Queen's Table. I'm Jax, your host and proud Queen Mode Ambassador. Before we begin today's episode, we'd like to start by acknowledging the traditional owners and elders of the lands from which you are listening to this podcast. For our very first episode, we have an incredible guest, Regina Jones. Regina, or Ginny, is a proud Gomeroy woman from Brisbane, Australia, who currently lives in Georgia in the United States. Ginny is an artist and an advocate for our people, our rights, and preserving our culture. She's a black storyteller and owner and founder of Ginny's Girl Gang, who are all about culture, positivity, respect, and love. We are so happy to have her here with us and are ready to be inspired by her journey. Queen Mode Collective. You're a queen. Q to the U double E N. Welcome to Queen Mode Collective. You're a queen. You're a queen. Modern royalty. Keep your head held high. You're a queen. And don't you let anybody out there tell you otherwise. You're a queen. Solidarity in our community. You know the future is bright. You're a queen. Hello there, my sister. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to yarn with you. I mean, for all the different reasons in the whole world, but you are one of Queen Mode's favouritest black women and and you're doing so much in the world and everyone kind of knows of you and, and knows the amazing work you do, but I wanted to get to know you more and I think the Queen Mode fam is really keen to, like, hear about you and all your journeys and adventures and things so if you could tell everybody your name where you're from where your family's from yeah so my name is Regina Orcher or Regina Jones now and I am I'm a proud Gomorrah woman my family is from northern New South Wales Toomla to be specific um I grew up in Brisbane and now I live here in Georgia in the USA Georgia Georgia. Atlanta. Is that right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Atlanta. Tumala. You weren't born in Tumala. No. No. Brizzy. I was born in Tamworth. Tamworth? Yeah. Tamworth Hospital. Yep. Well, Tamworth Base Hospital. That's me. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a bit deadly. Come from a very country music family. So it was only fitting that I end up born at Tamworth Base Hospital. And then when did you move to Brizzy? So my, well, my grandmother's lived in Brisbane for a really long time. My mum, weird story, but my mum got pregnant with me and she was so scared to tell my nana. So we had family in northern New South Wales, so she ran down there to try and get away from it before she had me. And then, yeah, I so pretty much straight after she had me, my grandmother was like, why would I? Why would I be mad? Come home. So then, she, you know, pretty much, you know, two or three days after, moved back to Brisbane. Aww. But yeah. So Brisbane, Brisbane raised. Was she just frightened? She was. I think like at a time, she was young, not too young, 21, but yeah. I, think, I think she was probably more worried about what people were going to say and stuff, which is normal, I guess. Um, but yeah, my mum was like, it's my granddaughter. You better bring her home. So. Aww then that's so sweet and then Brizzy 
What was Brizzy like? Where in Brizzy <laughs> did you grow up? So I grew up in Logan, Portable One Four. Yeah. <laughs> Woodridge. Yeah, I, I love Brisbane and I think well, I think growing up I probably didn't enjoy it as much. Now that I don't live back home, I miss it, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Logan, I think, is just one of those places that if you've been there, if you've been raised there, you know what it's like. It's kind of like at the time feels a bit gammon, but, you know, it, it's home. It's, you know, diverse and full of black follas. And, yeah. you know, I think Logan is one of those places like Redfern. We've always been there. Yeah. Um, everyone knows each other, that sort of vibe. So I miss I miss Brisbane. Yeah, and like in the back in the day, um, Logan just seems so far away from Brisbane Central, but now it's not so much. Like it feels like it's a really, it's still a really good place to raise kids and, and yeah. um, you know, be around family, extended family. Yeah. I think it's one of those places that like. There's always something to do there. You, yeah, there's always something on. There was always loads of other kids. There's always, you know, stuff to do on the holidays. We were never bored. Kids to play with down there. You just knew everyone, but. Yeah, I think it has can have a bit of a reputation, but yeah, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have wanted to to grow up anywhere else, you know. Yeah, that's lovely. What was school like there? What was what was going to school like there? I moved around quite a bit after, um, you know. So I went to like Slacks Creek State School. That was the first school oh, yeah. I went to, and then I ended up going to the Murray School, uh, in West End in Brisbane. Um, and I loved it there. Uh, you know, it was so, so different to like public school, you know, um, being able to grow up, going to school at the Murray school and being taught culture. And that was the priority rather than, you know, education, like really knowing who we were identity wise and learning language and being around all other black fellas or people who were used to being around lots of black fellas, you know, I felt like it was felt more authentic yeah that makes sense because then I yeah. ended up going to a public school and I it was so different like having to adjust again to those societal norms or like what was cool and fun at the time whereas at the Murray school you just you know I could be myself I didn't have to put it on or change the way I speak or I love that. wear shoes yeah. <laughs> I love that and then like for those of you that don't know that are listening or watching this it's Ginny is the founder of Ginny's Girls Girl Gang, right? Amazing. I don't even know how to describe it. It's like a f- fashion, art, creative making thing, which is going so well um, and just so inspiring. But could you, did you always, were you always creative? Like was, did that start somewhere? Did Was that creative gene from Murray School or? before then yeah I've definitely always been creative um I always was interested in the arts you know not a good singer uh or a or a great dancer but I always loved acting yeah um and I've always you know I feel like I come from a really long line of storytellers like very you know the way that my uncles would tell you a story you'd think you were there you know what I mean like mm-hmm. and my aunties you know, we just the emotion, even like when you knew that there were made up stories, like how convincing my uncles could be. I just, I always thought I'm going to, you know, I would, I would do something in the arts 
and then um, my great uncle Roy, he's a he's a famous uh, Indigenous artist, and I used to watch him paint all the time. And I just love the way that he could tell stories through painting. Mm-hmm. Um, so it sort of came natural to me that I sort of picked up the brush and and figured out my own way to tell stories. And um, I love the way that he made other people feel involved in the story. And I thought this. You know, I didn't think I would make a career out of it, but I always enjoyed that part of um, creating. And so, yeah, I think I think all black followers, we come from those sorts of families. Yeah. Like I don't know a black follower who doesn't have a family that could just, you know, spin a yarn like this and just the way that we tell stories is unmatched, I think. 100%. 100%. Mm. I old people, they just, all their values and the way they contributed and everything that they did, I just, you know, you just draw so much from, draw so much strength and, yeah, you know, you just want to be like that now because of the world's so fast and crazy. You just want to go back to those old old ways. Yeah. Was there a time where you almost went in a different direction to art? Yeah. Um, I, I actually studied education. Um, I wanted to be a teacher. Oh, wow. Yeah, and then I decided in my third year I didn't really want to be a teacher. <laughs> yes. I felt, yeah, I felt this need to, like, lead, but thinking that that was the only way that maybe I could do that, you know what I mean, was being mm. a teacher. Um, and, and so I could have could have went in that direction and I had a, had a bit of a career working um, in employment and helping other people find work and and that sort of stuff. I'm still passionate about that. I knew I always wanted to work with black fellas. I just didn't know how I was going to do that. Yeah. Um, and so being able to create Ginny's Girl Gang and ha- still be able to connect with people in this way has been really, really lovely. I still feel super connected to Mob and I feel like I am I am doing things for Mob. Um, I just think there's probably a little bit more growth I can do in this space like I really want to be able to you know make more work for more people and be able to tell stories in a different way but yeah for sure I think I could have done lots of different things I'm glad I ended up here though I always wanted to work for myself as well um so that's been nice how how's working for yourself been in a growth for you like it would have been so it would have been so hard to lean into that courage to build Ginny's gang, right? Like I, I, you know, my hat's off to you because I think about all the time and all the things that I do, um, and wonder, wonder whether I would work for myself one day. What, what, what took you that step forward to start on your own? Yeah, I think I think it is kind of daunting for a lot of people who have ever even thought about maybe working for themselves because it means you have to risk it all. You know what I mean? Like. Mm. And the sort of person I am, the way that I grew up, very, like, conscious of stability, it it almost cripples me and gives me so much anxiety, like, thinking about bills because I feel like, and, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like my parents, it didn't, like, my mum specifically, I felt like there was, she was so free, like, there wasn't too much thought around that stability type of life. You know, I'm, I moved around a lot as a kid. And so growing up then I had this like innate um, 
wanting of like stability and I want to not have to worry where I'm going to be in five years from now. I want to like prepay all the bills in my head and all this stuff. So for a long time, I just thought I would never work for myself because, um, yeah, you kind of have to put all the chips on yourself. And so that's, it's daunting. Um, But I just got to a point where I noticed like in my work life at home that I wasn't, you know, daydreaming about what that might look like and thinking like, how can I get to that? And I just thought, you know what, I have a really good, you know, group of people around me who will look after me. I know that I can, I'm capable. And so I just thought, I'm just going to try it and see what happens. And then I kind of fell into it, you know, and uh, I've been really lucky that there's no other space I think I could work in. If it wasn't for like all the black followers who like literally support me and buy my stuff because they they want to support other black followers, I think there are a lot of black businesses who would who probably wouldn't be doing so well. So I'm lucky. We're strong. We got each other's backs. You like look at all the other little black businesses out there, not little major black businesses. The support that they get from Mob is unmatched. Like. We have our own economy and I think it's getting like really, it's getting stronger and stronger. Yeah, that's right. But super daunting, Jax. Oh, I always think about it. I'm, you know, I see people, you know, people like you and all those black businesses and I just go, oh, that's amazing. Because I'm exact, like everything you said about stability is what is almost like, yeah, it's that anxiety is me. That's me. Like it's like yeah. having... And it's not about being like rich. It's not about having wealth. It's about like that's yeah, that safety and that yeah stability, like the the net, the safety net. You know that whole idea of like if I lose my job, yeah, how long can I last until I'm able to find something else, right, and figure that out? And and that is, is so scary. Scary. So scary. Scary. And I think Australia's just not the country for that like it's so rich get rich poor get poor type thing I really feel that for sure but you're no longer here physically in the beginning no you said Georgia yeah how did you end up in Georgia oh so it's a it's a been a journey um but I ended up marrying an American <laughs> and so <laughs> he's here and um so I ended up moving uh, – originally he was going to move to Australia because I, I'd love home and I think I'll end up, I'll end up coming home for sure. Mm. Um, and I didn't see myself living over here. Um, I like visiting the US, but it's been a really different experience being here. But he had a really good job as well. And, you know, like me, in my head I was thinking, you know, I could – I was looking forward to not working so much and like having, you know, the ability to think and start moving in this direction, which was working for myself whilst also having someone who was making an income, you know what I mean? So, um, and he loves what he does. And um, so it was easier for me to sort of pack up at the time. And I ended up moving to, he was uh, living in California. Right. And, we lived there for a while and I just didn't love California. I just felt like, mm, I just, the people are, can be a little bit weird and it was a lot. It was very American, you know what I mean? Like make, just 
I don't know, I just didn't get a great feeling about it. And I'd been to Atlanta a few times before yeah. and I just said, like, if we're if I'm gonna live here, I wanna feel comfortable. And um I was like the South, you know, it felt felt more like home. The weather is kind of similar, the people, the hospitality. And so yeah, we ended up moving to Georgia and I've been here ever since and I love it here. It's different. How many years is it? Um, almost three years now. I know. I didn't want it to be this long. Yeah, but you don't even have an accent. No, thank God. It's amazing. Mm, I'm trying my hardest. Well, it, yeah, that's what I was going to ask you. Is it is it difficult to not pick up the accent? Um, Strange question, isn't it? Well, yeah. Well, I, I guess I don't really think. I actually had this conversation with someone the other day because I met someone else. So there's this other girl that I saw on TikTok and she has a full American accent and is a black collar and can switch between the, the accents. And I was like, that's wild to me because, yeah, I, I don't think it just doesn't, it just hasn't happened. And I'm glad it hasn't because I think I don't want to lose that accent, the accent, but I do find myself changing the way that I say things so that people can understand me. Oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, because, yeah. Because if I say something like, I don't know, uh, anything, most people here are like, huh? Because then you have, you know, you have an American accent, but then also on top of that, living in the South, it's all very country and that, that country twang. So there, there's a whole other level of I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah. So I found myself changing the way that I say words so that they can understand me. Um, but that's probably it. And what's um? Can you describe Georgia for me, like your neighborhood? What's it? Yeah. Is it like you know? Is it like the movies? Is it like? Is it like Tamworth? Is it kind like, of? Is it kind of in a way? Yeah, like and and where I live, it's very. It's kind of you know, it's outside of the city, so it's more. It is more country. They consider this country. Um, a lot of old buildings, very historical. It's so different in a lot of ways. It, I don't think, like, living in Brisbane, growing up in Brisbane, I don't think we understand, like, a full four season. You know, for Brisbane, it's pretty much the same pretty much throughout the year, you know. And obviously in the winter it does get a little bit cooler and we'd think that was cold, you know. Like, yeah, oh, my Lord, it's so cold. And <laughs> I you experience every single season. Like I know what it, yeah, it's, it's wild. I love it. It's been, that's been the best part. I think living here, like seeing a full summer and it being hot and humid and then, and seeing a winter and seeing a fall, like an, a real autumn where all the trees change color and all the leaves. Fall. Um, our backyard is just like full of leaves right now. And that, I think that's been the coolest part of, of living here is being able to see a full, yeah, and all of the seasons. Um, what's been what's been the toughest part? I mean, you said you're homesick a lot, but has it been tough interacting and, and engaging with people over there? And yeah, I don't know people Aussies that live over there in America and having those conversations about who you are and where you're from. Because I'm sure if you walk down the street, no one would think you're in a no from all the way over here. Yeah, it is really difficult. Um, and it's kind of, it's it's brought along a whole other chapter, I think, of like my identity and who I am because 
and I it's been good in a way that I've experienced this because I don't think you don't experience that sort of identity in Australia like where do you fit in the world and you're Mm. Uh, yeah no one assumes that I'm Australian until I open my mouth and say something um and then this whole like having to explain you know because I think a lot of Americans will think Australians are blonde and blue-eyed and we surf and we all sound like Steve Irwin (laughs) um (laughs) you know and so they're like you know you kind of look I guess racially ambiguous over here, like really could just be anything. And so they have to get their head around that. And I think the one thing that I've realized about Americans is they're very, very into like uh, loving that whole mixed look and very focused on who you are and what your identity is. Whereas, like, if I'm back home and I have a, you know, and you know, Jax, you have fair skin yeah. nieces and nephews with blonde mm-hmm. hair and blue eyes, and you say that the Aboriginal people just go, oh, that's cool. Whereas here, they're like, how they really like want to quantify everything. Yeah. And so that's been kind of difficult because it's, it's, it's almost like it's something we just don't even talk or speak about. But here, it's such a big deal. They want to make, they really want to like, have you done a DNA test, an ancestry test? That's very, it's a big conversation happening at the moment. So it is like difficult, but I think it's almost, um, it's an interesting conversation and I used to enjoy having it. And now I don't enjoy having those conversations with people I have because if they don't, they just don't get it. It's it's too tough. Yeah. It's probably strengthened your identity right like your for sure your feeling for home and what you're grateful for yeah and that's the thing I think it has been great in a way because it's really brought it back to that whole like I don't need to explain who I am to people you know what I mean like and I think yes. I really enjoyed that conversation and now I'm just like I know who I am like I know who my grandmother is and my great-grandmother where they came from and you know all of that stuff and I don't yeah it's it's definitely I'm so much more comfortable in who I am because I think people out here they just don't know who they are and that's understandable because of history yeah but yeah it's it's been a really interesting conversation now I just I'm like I'm just Indigenous Australian yeah they don't love like that whole black talk as well yeah you know is is a big conversation so I try and steer away from that now yeah 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 is it is that's like the colorism stuff is that is that that yeah yeah. and the gatekeeping of blackness like what is black who is black Um, the word black the word black is very controversial a very controversial topic yeah I I can I noticed that from over here (laughs) yeah so now I just don't say anything. I would, and it's it's kind of it's difficult because I feel like at times like I'm just who I am. I'm proud of who I am. If I'm back home and you came up to me and we didn't know each other and you said I'm black, I'd be like, okay, cool. Yeah. But here it's like, no, you need to almost be ready to go to war. Yeah, triage system. Yeah, yeah. Gosh, and I, I it's feel not like all bad, but just interesting, you know. Yeah, mm. and I feel like with social media and 
our world's becoming closer, like physically not close, but, you know, on social media it feels like you're next door or down the road. I feel like that's those sort of ideas and conversations are creeping over here. Yeah. And it's happening here. And the other day I was just thinking, where did this come from? And now that you've said it, I feel like it's because we're so um, international in our thoughts now and so we're trying to grapple with mob stuff, our stuff, and then international stuff. And it's just become, it's, yeah, I think it's confused a lot of mob especially about what's us and what's actually not us. Yeah. And I think as well, like, you're absolutely right, Jax. And I think if anything, if I could take anything from my experience in living here is that, you know, um, community is so important and staying connected to to that community is, is the most important part of your identity because what happens is the, because these conversations are happening and there's so many people wanting to engage in a conversation that you end up getting so confused about who you are and it's good if you're able to like sit sit in the conversation, hear what's being said and still feel really comfortable with who you are. But if you don't, if there's even like a tiny slice of you that's like, listen, you can get taken in so many different directions. And I think that that is the one thing I thought before moving here, like I loved watching, you know, I loved hearing about black people in America because it felt like they were so much more progressive than I think mm. back home. You know, that we were seeing black people being represented in movies and TV and sports and, you know, and celebrated. And then now moving here and living here and seeing that the flip side of that is that, um, you know, this much larger conversation around colorism and um, light skin and dark skin and how that has been shaped into their culture almost yeah it's really scary and I'm like thank god you know what I mean that we don't I'm colorism does exist in Australia but I think for the most part like black black people back home are really holding on to the that greater conversation of we understand why colorism exists yes and what the effects of colorism is and it is a colonizing um tactic to you know, create segregations in our own communities, whereas here I feel like it's a little bit too far gone. Um, And so it is a really weird conversation to be having, but Mm. uh, I think it's really strengthened my identity and, like, who I'm connected with with and who I am and where I come from. Like, I can stand in that in 100%. I don't need to hear what other people's thoughts are. That that needs to, like water off the ducks back for me um but yeah it is it's been I think all good learnings you know what I mean and like it's all growth yeah and now I just am like okay you definitely see black people here being represented and stuff but you know like any culture any place in the world we all have Mm. our issues and yeah understanding that totally Mm. I I want to ask you about the work you do because mm. this year and the, the last two years have been strange for the world but this year's been really big for you I, I want to say big but I mean I've just seen your stuff in the most you know I, I it's a hard way to explain it but I, I 
kind of measure things with people's eyes. Like I'm like in spaces where people will see it. So whatever that means. Yeah. So, you know, I saw your, was it a dress? It was like a denim dress. Yes. With like, were they, were they gum leaves here or feathers? Feathers here on your shoulders? Yeah, there were gum leaves on the shoulders and yeah. a big snake down the front. Snake. Mm. Sid. First of all, how did you get that to Australia in time for the show? <laughs> I, honestly, I don't even know. Um, because coastage has been horrible. Right. right? COVID, it's been terrible. But for some reason, I literally got left here and it was in Sydney in four days. No. Yeah. And I, I try to express ship everything because I know it, it is going to take a while anyway. Like I've expressed posted something and it's taken six weeks um yeah. so I didn't know what was going to happen but it just by the by you know the grace of whoever it it happened thank god but yeah four days and it was in uh, in Sydney which was deadly so is that so is that a commissioned work like is it is there like so you have your no, no it's just an art you're not selling that no it's just a piece great yeah so I did that for Melbourne Fashion Week um, that I was a part of with Trading Black. Um, and I what the, the pieces that I enjoy the most are the ones that I just sit and create. Like any, I think most black followers, like I, I'm, I love commissions because it means I connect with someone. We get to yarn about their story and why this piece is important for them. But those those pieces that I don't get commission that I just dream up by myself are always really special because they're my stories you know and I enjoy enjoy doing those so yeah I just put that together for Melbourne Fashion Week so good yeah tell me about how that also were you doing all this like were you doing commissions and merch and and, and you know like I mean the hoodie firstly mm-hmm. like if you don't have one then what's wrong with you but firstly but you know all of that how did do you, do you still did you start with all three of those sorts of things? Were you open and accepting to commissions and and yeah and all the diverse ways you can do this? Yeah, I think at the when I first started, I just I was like, oh, I was so excited to be making stuff and so excited to be working for myself that I just kind of like was pulled in lots of different directions. Like really happy to do lots of different things because I just wanted to get my feet wet. Yeah now I'm way more selective about what I do because I love having my own business. I love that I'm a black business, but I think for me now in, in the two and a half years that I've been doing this, I'm really trying to gravitate in a way that makes me feel better about um, culture as well. Like I don't want to be taken advantage of. I don't want other people to be taken advantage of. I really love, doing commissions because it's that one-on-one conversation which I think we've been doing for you know tens of thousands of years so that feels good for me yeah Um, but I think as well like black businesses I just want to be more conscious of like the climate I want to be more conscious of sustainability and the environment like the the core values of what it is to be black I think I'm really trying to move in that direction and I think um I think we all kind of have to go through it like just putting your foot in everything and trying to do everything because it's just so fun and exciting um 
but now I think I'm just going to be a lot more selective going into the new year and what my what I put my hands on and I hate this idea of like you know it's a job I have to make money to be able to live but I just don't want it to be taken advantage of because it's not just my work you know what I mean like it is it's my painting it's my you know thoughts and all the rest but it's also that person that I'm working with it's also like my great uncle and my nana and my great grandmother and everyone who's ever come before us and so I'm trying to think on a much larger scale now in terms of like you know I just don't want to be playing into too much of that white capitalist stuff so it's been great Jax and I am grateful for every opportunity but the biggest and most important part for me moving forward is like making sure that everything sits well in terms of culture and that's how I'm trying to think yeah it'll be very different next year I think that's that's huge growth the fact that you can articulate that from three years is huge you know people Mm. run businesses for 30 years then then that switch goes and they're like oh you know um, my hat's off to you like Three years. Oh, I know. It, no, it is because that's what we all dream of doing. You know, being being authentically ourselves, creating things we love, and being respected for it. Right? Like, yeah, respect is huge, for and sure. uh, I think that that's amazing that you've come to that in three years. Are there other <laughs> are there other women, black women in business that you're inspired by or 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 lift you up yeah support you for sure like look I look at every black business um I see I'm always inspired there's always people I think moving in that circle that I'm like dang you know um (laughs) doing lots of different work and moving in lots of spaces where we've never seen black people move in you know so it's always really exciting I look up to people like um, Jane, Jamie Telfar, who she runs Earth Gender, um, mm-hmm. and she's doing a lot of work in the mothering space. But I don't know, she, she'll love me saying the mothering space. But, um, you know, she does essential oils and stuff like that, but is very, like, grounded in who she is. It's someone that I probably talk to every single day of the week. Yeah. We, we've, we're, that's been probably the greatest friendship that I've formed during um, creating my own business and we kind of keep each other in check and um, I think that's important as a black business because um, I think it's really easy to like slip into this competitive white capitalist idea of what business is um, but I found like in, in a lot of our friendships in that black business space, we've been able to like really lean on each other. So I'm I'm super inspired by her. I don't know how she does it. She's got four babies and it's just constantly, like her mind is just constantly going. Um, so I love, love her being inspired by her. I think Elle as well, like we've definitely um, mm. our friendship has grown a million times stronger, I think as we moved into our 30s just because we seem to be on like that same wavelength and she's always you know somebody that I can call and will tell me what it is even if 
I don't want to hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but always really lovely in the way that she tells you as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You already know the answer, but she just helps you get there. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> um, you know, those two are probably standouts for me. Um, but of course, like, yeah, all other black businesses that are being run by black women, um, I'm always inspired. It's so good. And do you have, yeah. do you have, um, I mean, you said 2022 might be a little bit different, but do you have anything coming up that you can talk about that you're excited about that's, getting you motivated yeah I think um for me 2022 is going to be really different and I'm really excited I think um more secondhand stuff um just like how I grew up you know yeah. we never had new anything growing up mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, I think at the time I used to think like oh this is shit you know being like a young kid and knowing that you were always going to get hand-me-downs and now I think that that is the future and I think that more idea of like minimalism and like not having too much shit and, uh, you know, not, I don't want to keep creating pollution for the world. Just, you know what I mean? And I, I think that that's the black way. I think it's always been our way, maybe not intentional, but um, more sustainable practices, less taking, more giving. Um, I, I think the big part of, Ginny's girl gang, like, yes, jackets, but the words are probably more, the most important part of of the brand. So maybe, like, moving in a different direction that's more conversational and has more focus on the words rather than the other stuff, more collabs, more working with other black businesses. And I'm kind of, like, trying to dream up in my head a way that I can work without having money if I can. Yeah, right. Like less of a, an exchange of money and maybe more of an exchange of services and goods. Nice. I don't know. It's This is all dream. I know what you're saying, though. But, yeah, I just think, like, there's so much emphasis on money that if I could, if I could find a way to live and live comfortably mm. and not have to, like, all, it all be about money, then. Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I'm dreaming. That's though. so good. <laughs> so good. Well, thank you, sis. I've got five fast questions for you, okay. fun ones to end okay. end this on. Um, I feel inspired now. I feel like I need to go and do something. Oh, girls, yes. Trying to, but can't. Anyways. <laughs> um, okay, first thing that comes to your head, you just got to get it out there, right? Okay. All right, first one is um, what's your favourite country music song? Uh, Corey Rose by my uncle Roger Knox. Oh, that's so good. Yes, I love love. me all the feelings. It reminds me of like Christmas. It reminds me of home. Like, yeah, it's my favorite favorite song. Gosh, so Mm -hmm. good. The best and worst things you've eaten in America? Um, oh, worst was chitlins which is like pig intestines oh yeah right like something that these guys eat at like thanksgiving like black people out here it smells awful and how do they cook it i I think they boil it just i think they boil it it's disgusting 
like I love you, Mog, but that's disgusting. Yeah. Oh yeah. They, and they give me so much. They give me so much shit for like eating kangaroos, but I'm like, these mobs literally eat intestines of a pig or something. Something is disgusting. Um, and then the best thing, I don't know. I've really fallen in love with like mac and cheese. Yeah. Because I feel like back home mac and cheese is like, you know, you get mac and cheese in the microwave and that was like kind of like, you know, dire needs like mac and cheese, whereas here it's like such a big deal and everyone thinks their mac and cheese is better. Um, so I've had a lot of mac and cheese over the last few years and oh my some good mac and cheese. Now I'm hungry. Um, <laughs> you all, I mean, <laughs> this is because I, I, know, I know you, but. No, I know you well enough. Your favorite holiday to celebrate in America? Halloween. Oh, why? I just because we never really got to do that in back home, and I always remember like you know watching movies and stuff and thinking like oh that that looks fun, um, but it is it's one of those hol- those holidays I think you can't experience anywhere else. Yeah. Like it is just really cool having trick and tr- trick or treaters come to your door and do that whole thing and everyone getting into it and the decorations <laughs> the length that people go to I love it. it. Every holiday here is just like on speed times twenty thousand. Like they just really go for it. I wonder if they have like a, a savings account strictly for holidays. Like I, I feel so. like it's a big deal. Like a that sort of deal where it's like, okay, this percent of my income is going to the holiday fund to fund my decorations and my costumes. For real. Every time I go to the store, like on the, like it is wild, especially this time of the year. It's, it's crazy. And the, the options for like decorations and stuff is just unlimited. Just too many. Everybody goes for it. Meanwhile, I made a Christmas tree out of driftwood. <laughs> No. Well, I was telling I was telling my family here, like when we were growing up, we didn't even really have a Christmas tree. And I remember one year our uncles went and like literally chopped down a tree, like down the road and brought it home. That was the Christmas yes. tree. <laughs> like, all of that. All of that. All now they just like here. It's it's especially in the south. I feel like people here. Um, I have a friend Noah. And he has a, they have a Christmas tree in every room. Okay. okay. Yeah, that's part of the feeling of Christmas is they, you know, a lounge room and then they'll have their dining room and they'll have one in each room. It's just wild. That's a really good way to explain it. It's crazy. That is crazy. All right. Next one is where do you feel the most um, peaceful? Like what place can you just, you know, barefoot and just have a massive exhale probably at my sister's house to be honest oh yeah um back home brisbane in winham at my sister's house and generally like i'm probably not the sort of person who is gonna like when you said that i was trying to think of like a place where it was like calm and quiet but there is those for me for me it's more like all the kids are around we're playing in the backyard playing touch football yes. that's the exhale moment for yeah me. that's that feels nice i love that so much <laughs> so much okay and then last question is um if you could collaborate with somebody 
commission or work for somebody in this whole entire world, who would that be? It's going to sound very cliche, but I I would really love to commission something for Patty Mills. <laughs> Who's that? <laughs> I know. Which is what, but you know what? I like literally, and Jax, I'm not just saying that because <laughs> it's you. I'm saying that because I like he literally is probably one of the style, like the most stylist people, like effortless. You know what I mean? It's, it's Yeah, I'm with you. It's actually annoying. It's annoying. His drip is too good. Like, oh. Like how? And do you know, I just feel like he doesn't, it's not really, it's not. It's like he's not even thinking about it. It's like effortless. So I don't know, probably someone like Patty or, um, like that's the dream. And then maybe like Jess, Malboy, working on something together would be really nice. Um, just take a moment to manifest this. Come on. Let's get it together, everybody. Let's get it done. But, yeah, yeah, probably those two. It'll happen, sis. Probably sooner than you think. <laughs> Hopefully after, in next year, because I've got so many things to do. I really want to make a job. You know, um, my nan as well, like, I, w- I really want to put um, a jacket together for her because she's so she's in a home. She's got dementia. But the one thing that she – it's so cute. My my sisters tell me all the time, like, she has one of my hoodies and she's very protective over it. Where's my – where's my – she calls it my Aboriginal hoodie. Where's my Aboriginal hoodie? That's what she says all the time. And she thinks that the people at the home are trying to steal it yeah. and they – put it in different places and so it's become like a really big thing where's my my it's all everything's aboriginal where's my aboriginal you know artwork or whatever she's very protective over that so even something for her would be really nice i think that's what i want to do right in my spare time yes yes all the spare time (laughs) all of the spare time um well i fully appreciate you sis and i so grateful for our yarn i feel really like my cup has been filled with you and your grace and your strength and your hard work and dedication so yeah likewise i love yarning with you hey i said i love yarning with you because you're always just so calm you've got good vibes good energy oh that's good it's hard on this screen if we were together it'd be much much different Maybe one day soon. I'm hoping I can come home in like February. Ooh. That's the We'll see. I might just have to come to America. Mm. Yeah, you could do that. Or that, you know. Do that. Well, thank you, my sis. You should do that. Of course, anytime. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast and would love to hear more inspirational stories, consider joining QM Sanctum. This is our virtual home, membership space, and community filled with passionate people, also dedicated to the personal development of First Nations women. We'd love to connect with you on there. Also remember to subscribe to the podcast and give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. It's been a pleasure as always, and we'll catch you on the next one.